And welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I am your host, Christopher Chan, and I am in Walla Walla Valley for our In the Vineyard series, where I have a chance to speak with uh, the movers and shakers and the winemakers in different regions, uh, local and around the world. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Casey McClellan, uh, founder of Seven Hills Winery and one of the pioneers here in Walla Walla Valley. And um, Casey, forgive me if pioneer sounds old, but welcome to Happy Hour. Yeah, no problem, Chris. <laughs> Pleasure so, to be here. Oh, I'm glad. Um, Seven Hills Winery has, uh, I believe I should say Seven Hills Vineyard and Seven Hills Winery. Tell us about the start. Um, take us back. Uh, what year were we and uh, what drew you to get into this grape stuff? So let's go back to 1980 when two uh, uh, local doctors who grew up as farm boys, they both grew up on wheat farms, uh, one in Oregon and one in Montana. Um, they uh, obviously had their medical careers, and, but they both yearned to get back into farming. And they happened to both love uh, red wine. They liked Bordeaux reds. So, and who are these doctors? So this is my father, uh, Jim McClellan. And... Uh, uh, Herb Hendricks, uh, a very longtime friend of his, uh, that grew up near Pendleton, um, and they uh, they worked together. They got along great, and one day they thought, you know, we like red wine. Um, uh, Herb has this new farm out uh, on the south edge of the Walla Walla Valley. Um, uh, let's plant some wine grapes. I think we can grow great grapes here. <laughs> and so, as planting Bordeaux reds back then was. Um, not a mainstream idea, let's say. It was the, the future was thought to lie on, you know, Germanic white varietals, you know, Riesling and, you know, uh, Burgundian, Chardonnay, that kind of thing. So Let's uh, stop for a moment. Let's yeah. talk about where that uh, philosophy or uh, idealism or belief came from. Who's, who told us? Was that Andre Telechev? Did he tell us that? No, they, um, uh, Walt Clore had been active in those early years, uh, you know, uh, researching the climate and suitable varietal ideas and that kind of thing, but they planted Bordeaux Reds because they liked red. They wine. liked them, and so they had this—you call it a vision or a, uh, uh, just a wild idea. <laughs> a roll the dice. So, yeah, roll the dice. Yeah. Um, well, it turned out, you know, thirty years later, they were right. They're you know world competitive reds, uh, but. Took a lot of guts to do back then because there was no one to say, "Yeah, that's a great idea," or you know, "You're totally wrong." Interesting. Well, maybe they looked at one of those globes and saw that the parallel was equal to Bordeaux, <laughs> yeah, and there you go, it works out. Um, so, this was 1980. They planted the vineyard. Yeah, the first cab block went in 1980, and uh, I'd been drinking wine uh, and was interested in wine, intrigued by it. Uh, I was going to the UW in a different career and. They said, "Why well, don't you come back this summer and uh, you know work on the work in the vineyard and um, you know see how you like it?" And uh, that was the start of it all for me. I helped plant the uh, 1982 Old Block Merlot, and uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to switch careers. I'm, so I ended up heading off to Davis a couple of years later. Interesting. So in 1980, um, the, your father and Dr. Hendricks planted a vineyard, but did they call it Seven Hills? Was it named that from the get-go? Well, there's a lot of trouble deciding the name. So uh, they, they started out with, they had, we had a big sign up for a while that said, Hendricks McClellan Vineyard. <laughs> just, you know, not real sexy, you know? <laughs> so uh, after a while, we thought, you know, there's got to be a better name. 
and uh, they thought about it. And um, this was the day in the days. And you might tell the county they didn't used to be road signs in the county. <laughs> None of the roads were like zero. You had no idea where you were. So uh, they talked to a local state trooper. He said, "Yeah, that road's referred to as Seven Hills Road. You know, that the vineyard's on." And they thought, "Okay, that sounds great. Let's wow. call it Seven Hills Vineyard." So Seven Hills. Was Vineyard. that you were pulled over where you got a ticket or something, or how did you find the state trooper? Well, I think uh, it was a uh, Herb Hendricks's you know local friend or something. Um, so you know, what road do we live on? And the guy had the answer. Oh, cool. Yeah. Interesting, because Hendrix and McClellan could have been called H&M, and there's a very hot, sexy line of clothing stores called H&M. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Who would have known? <laughs> so uh, Seven Hills was founded officially named in 1980, and the first vintages of fruit were sold and, and vinified. And um, how big was the, the first lots, and uh, who got the grapes? Well, I think uh, Leonetti and Woodward Canyon uh, uh, split the first few vintages, um, and uh, we didn't come on the scene with the making red wine until 1988, so through 1987, it was uh, those two, um, to uh, the best of my knowledge, after all these years, and uh, uh, as the vineyard expanded, uh, other wineries came into it in later years, but we started vinifying the uh, reds in... The 88 Vintage, which was a great vintage to start with, mm-hmm. which were very long-lived, like robust uh, wines. So I was, I was lucky to start with that year because we made great wines right off the bat. And so this followed your uh, graduation matriculation through UC Davis. Yeah, I went down there in uh, 1985 and left in 87. Uh, Is it a two-year course? <laughs> uh, yeah, master's program. I, okay. Yeah, two years. Some people take longer. <laughs> did you have a science background prior to that, or did you? Uh, my uh, undergrad degree from the UW is in pharmacy, so extremely science-intensive. I minored in pharmacology. Oh, yeah? yeah. No kidding. We share that in common. <laughs> Recreational, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we are speaking with Casey McClellan, uh, one of the founders of Seven Hills Winery here on Happy Hour Radio. This is our In the Vineyard series, and we're just uh, getting started uh, learning the history of Seven Hills Winery and Seven Hills Vineyard, of course. And um, is the, you mentioned the two-year program at UC Davis. What I've found when I speak with uh, many of the winemakers who've gone through that uh, uh, institution, there's such a connectivity with other winemakers. Who are some of the famous people, we'll call you famous, that you, you. you went to school with? <laughs> Um, at that time? Well, uh, there were people there from all over the world. Um, uh, Winemakers wine or winemaking families from Portugal um, with a Taylor Fladgate firm, um, people from South Africa, Klein Constantia, mm. uh, Venezuela, um, you know, most, you know, probably well known names that were in my class domestically. Uh, were uh, Mike Salachi, who went on to become winemaker at Opus One um, after many years, and I still is currently there. Um, Bob Berto, who's now winemaker for Shadow St. Michelle, um, spent a lot of time in California. Um, and then some smaller wineries, um, people who worked for, you know, Clove Pagas, um, mm. Spring Mountain. Jan Schramm um, for Clove yeah. Pagas. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Him. Very interesting. Yeah. That's cool. And so uh, you said the 88 vintage, you, you produced a Cabernet. And was Seven Hills pr- producing Cabernet, Merlot, and other grape varieties? Or did you just have those two to start? We uh, kind of 
took a big bite the first year and made um, several whites too because we had we had some uh, white grapes there until I think we took them out in the ninety or ninety one vintage. And that was the Riesling, so, yeah, Riesling Sauvignon Blanc, Sauvignon Blanc, um, and uh, even a little bit of Gewurztraminer. Uh, That's right. So, uh, but after two years, we decided, you know, this red thing is really working out when we converted the entire rest of the, the vineyard to Merlot and Tan. And then what, how large was the acreage at that point? Uh, we started with about eight, and then the second block went in. It was another almost 16 of whites, and then that eventually became reds. Okay, so 24 so 20, total. Yeah, yeah 24 or so. Total. So the 88 vintage cab, um, when did you know that you... When did you realize that that was really a, a great wine? Uh, might be the day that Robert Parker called me and said, um, you know, I haven't seen these wines before, but these are pretty good. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I'm, I'm getting some affirmation here. Um, so that was a nice marker. Uh, also taking him up to Dan McCarthy, uh, uh, McCarthy and sharing the yeah. days and uh, uh, getting some, you know, kudos there uh but also you know i believed in this area from the start you know the people in california thought you're crazy to go up and they don't make wine in washington state we didn't make very much but you know i always thought that we i just believed we could do well here and i tasted a lot of good wine by that point and uh so i didn't go into this totally blind i had a lot of the yeah and theoretical also- knowledge and you know farming experience and and you had Rick and, and, yeah, and Rick uh, and Gary making the wines, and, and so you um, knew the Marty got back that year, I think, yeah. and Eric Rindle was very helpful, as we um, uh, had talked about last night at the 30th ABA thing. But um, uh, yeah, it was great, great group. To did come you apprentice to. anywhere? Did you practice first, or did UC Davis give you all the knowledge mm-hmm. and <laughs> confidence you needed? No, there's a lot of school of hard knocks there. You come in with a set of theoretical knowledge and great, you know, academic training. And one of the wonderful things about being at Davis was you were in a group of extremely passionate people and you got to taste a lot of good wine together for the two years I was there. So, and you tasted it in a very rigorous way. So, um, but making wine and learning about wine are very different things. And uh, True. so there were, there were some, you know, uh, I would call them uh, interesting experiences the first few years and uh, kind of learned as we went and applied all that knowledge to, you know, reality, you know, make, actually making the wine. So, uh, but we got off to a good start. The wine's got nice acclaim to begin with. And you said you, your last vintage of the, of the whites was when? Probably 90, I think. I think 90 was the last white vintage. Wow. Yeah. Oh, at that vineyard, because you continue to make white wines, right? From other sources? Right. Yeah. We started, okay. uh, the only white we were making for a little while was Riesling through kind of the, mm-hmm. we always made Riesling. And, and then in 96, I believe, I started making Pinot Gris from the Willamette Valley. And we eventually added a Vignet, which we made for 10 plus years and no longer made. We had a great run with that. <laughs> yeah, so we're back down to Riesling and Gris right now. And um, I know there was a separation between Seven Hills Winery and Seven Hills Vineyard. <clears throat> what year did that take place? Kind of 94, 95. Okay. Uh, the two partners had, two families had owned, developed, owned, and operated uh, Seven Hills Vineyard for 15 plus years at that point. And um, 
we were splitting up the partnership and uh, we were, both families were involved in the winery and the vineyard and the McClellan side generally took the uh, vin uh, winery side and moved forward with that and Hendrix's took the uh, vineyard side of things and that was uh, sold shortly thereafter to uh, uh, Norm McKibben related company mm -hmm. and we just took a long-term contracts on the blocks we were buying from and uh, have purchased fruit from there ever since. Yeah, so, so you've become specialized. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. That's good because it takes more focus and obviously um, I know that partnerships always begin with the best of intentions and sometimes, you know, life goes on, we find different areas of expertise and strengths and um, obviously yours is in, in the winery. And your lovely wife, Vicki, what is her capacity at the winery? Well, she's, of course, one of the founders and uh, been there since the beginning um, and she has um, done a large number of things at the winery over the years, as you might imagine, being a small family-owned business, but currently... Um, she deals a lot with media, public relations, um, events, does, still does some regional sales travel, but a lot of um, marketing and hospitality and, and uh, public relations. Really yeah, it definitely takes a team. And obviously, yeah. uh, um, was she invested in the, in the vineyard from the get-go? I mean, you, she was, work, obviously we've always worked two jobs, it seems, because wine was a hobby to begin with, but you took it seriously and you got your your degree and that was a full-time gig for you and was uh, Vicky on board as in that outside of the capacity uh, outside of the well, we started we started having our kids uh, before we left Davis and uh, actually our youngest daughter was six months when we were, we moved to Porto to work for a year in the port wine industry <laughs> so uh, Vicky of course was along for that and then we were ready to start the winery we moved back there and she, we had, we have three daughters, and uh, so she did the books and a lot of other things, helped sell wine and worked uh, in the winery. So it was a very busy life in those early years. Um, uh, so yeah, we both dug in deep from the very beginning. So we just celebrated your twenty-fifth anniversary, then, right? Twenty-fifth vintage, vintage is coming out this fall, and, and that'll be the thirteenth. Uh, yeah. No, wait, thirteen? Yeah. Uh, 88, no, it'd be the 12, right? <laughs> I can't do my math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was 2012, that's right. 2012, yeah. very yeah, good. 2012. <laughs> so uh, we are here speaking with Casey McClellan, trying to work through our math in our head. Um, we're going to jump into some of the wine when we come back here um, with our In the Vineyard series on Happy Hour Radio. <laughs> 